This is why we do not do it live. <laughs> Calvary cast listeners, we're back. Episode 119 this time, coming in on your internet radio device. No static or anything like that because it's on the internet. It's perfect. Perfect. Crystal clear tones coming at you. I am Graham Parker. Across from me is Jess Miller. First time in a long time. Yeah, it's been a while. A little about a month or so since we were last year and we were in our new swanky podcast digs. Yeah. Our <laughs> studio, our new Just studio here. Moved out of my office into the old pot. We this is kind of where it started in some ways. We did start it here. The windowless classroom. The windowless I was thinking, classroom. We'll make this is going to be the official podcast studio. Maybe we'll get some better lighting or something just for no reason. Yeah, we do need like the neon, some neon lighting maybe or something. Well, or, I'm just thinking some softer lighting, not right. the harsh fluorescence. They sell now. We found those, and I was going to get some for my office, but they have a cover that goes over there. It's supposed to really? deaden the thing. Yeah, it's, they're like 20 bucks. Oh. Natalie was going to order me one. Okay. So maybe we could order one for in here. We do that, you know. But this could be the studio for our expanding suite of CBC podcasts, right? I think yeah. we should try and become like a little podcast empire. Yep. Right? So we need to get some other podcasts rolling out of here. We got the studio. That's right. So people, throw us your ideas. We could have once in a while, we, well, we'll have a couch in here and that'll have a mic set up there and we'll there have some go. guests just sitting there and we'll yep. talk. We'll enter. That'll get to like the three hour Joe Rogan style podcast, maybe. We could. No, we can't. Instead of a morning worship service, it could be our podcast. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, that's probably not. Probably not best. Probably not best. So, anyway, well, we're back, and you all are excited. I just hear it out there. The enthusiasm is palpable. They can't wait to hear what this is about. They can't wait to hear what this is about. But before we get to that, mm-hmm. should we talk about our uh, book of the month? Sure. Book of the month, which is she's not very enthusiastic. Which, based on the sales of the book from this last Sunday, mm-hmm. I think our church would feel the same way. So far, mm. this one's not selling like hotcakes. People, come on, yeah, it's let's on get the with conscience. the program. I think everybody's conscience should bother them that they don't care about the. Conscience. Oh, good transition there. Yep. That's right. Your yep. conscience should bother you, people, that you have not bought a copy of a book about the conscience yet We're not really trying to guilt people into that that's just no. a bad joke what is the name of the book the book is called conscience what it is how to train it and loving those who differ there you go by andy Nacelli and jd crowley i and don't even have it, it and i knew that a lot of it digs into romans 14 yes some issues that we'll get to eventually in romans and so that's really good in other places in the new testament the new testament is chock full of things of the conscience yep and um like I said on Sunday, it's not just the Pinocchio, Jiminy Cricket right. thing. Yes. So uh, the conscience, not something that is given enough attention to, and this will help help you do that. Yeah. It, well, it helped me it when helped. I read it. Yeah. So. And it's not a it's not a challenging read. No. Really, it's it's what maybe 150 pages long. Right. And uh, yeah, very accessible, but will will provoke your thinking on the conscience because it's good. Mm-hmm. That's all I have to say on that. And that's all I got to say about that's that. That's all I got to say. Topic of the day. Now see that 
is more enthusiastic. That's a little. Thank you, AI voice. That one is a little bit better. Uh, topic of the day: eldering. Which you're better at because you're elder. I'm the. What do you mean? Well, we're talking about old people, right? Okay. When we talk about elders, elders. We're talking about elders, so we're talking about old people. So I, I got nothing to say here because I'm not in that camp. Something like that. What you're like about fifty-seven now? Yeah, right. I'm oh. 48. 48 <laughs> years old. You know I'm not 57. <laughs> oh, I had, this is an aside. When we were in Brazil, there were some younger men mm-hmm. trying to guess how old I was. Mm-hmm. Well, I told them I was 35. They're like, no way, you're not 35. They thought I was way younger than that. So, Well, that's a good thing. I know. Anyway. No, we're talking about eldering. And not as in age, but as in pastoring. Office right. of the church. Right. Why are we talking about such a subject? Well, because we have a new elder candidate. That we do. Someone who is going through the process to become an elder here at Calvary. And so we are taking advantage of the opportunity and we are going to discuss it and making sure that people understand, at least at Calvary, what is an elder, how do we pick elders, that kind of thing. Because... We acknowledge, we've said this before, people come from all different backgrounds and different kinds of churches, and things are done differently in different places. So how is it done here? That's the idea. Yeah. I Could you almost say as many different kinds of churches there are, there are that many different ways to view the office of an elder? Perhaps. Yeah. Well, in, especially in independent churches, when you're in denominational churches, like That's Presbyterians and such, then you might have one way. They have to do it, because that's the way they're... True their uh, structure is but but even then like more liberal to more conservative mm-hmm. you're gonna have differences in who should fill that office right right exactly like so who's an elder what's an elder am i an elder could be questions we could be asking these are all the questions we should be asking mm. and um well how do you want to approach it well, what let's, do you do? let's why don't you tell me a story let's start at the beginning of the bible okay now let's talk about the concept of eldering and how we get to the new testament understanding of what an elder is. Right. Well, it it appears as the New Testament office of an elder is has its roots in the Old Testament, yes. has its roots in Israel, and goes back into the time period when Moses was leading over the nation by himself. The Lord told him to appoint 70 elders. This is in Exodus 18. Is yep. that where it's at? Yes. Um We'll stand by on that now. Hold on one second. I'll I'll pull it up. I just looked at it earlier. Um, Moses told to choose 70 elders is Numbers 11. Numbers 11. Okay. So Numbers 11 is where this concept first comes up of... Is where we first uh, see it, and the Lord tells Moses to choose out 70 men to help him, to stand with him, with the people. They were to do things like judge between disputes and help Moses lead and such. And so if you, you know, kind of read through the Old Testament, you'll see this concept coming up of uh, a group of elders uh, among the people. Now, it is important to understand, like, most literally, they were they were probably older men mm-hmm. from within the congregation mm-hmm. of Israel and um, but the emphasis was on maturity, wisdom, the ability to lead, the ability to judge and different things. And right. interestingly, in a Numbers 11, the Lord actually put 
an element of his spirit. He took it from Moses and, and placed it on them, gifting these men for this particular role. And then uh, Deuteronomy 25 is another place where you can read about some of this in verses 15 to 17. But the idea is, among Israel, there was to be this plurality of leaders, of, of uh, respectable men that were wise and able to lead and mature and so, so forth. You see that even going up into the time of Jesus is dead. Yes. Some of the, the men that he confronted, ironically, mm. were the elders of Israel. Mm-hmm. And you can see that term, elders of Israel, appearing even in the book of Acts. Yeah. So God's people were designed to be governed and led mm. by groups of men who knew them. And the, one of the reasons they were there is because there were so many people, mm. they had to divvy those people up, and those people had to be led over yeah. by these particular elders. So then the church comes into existence, the New Testament church, in Acts after Pentecost, and we start to see elders in the church defined. Right, yeah. The first time you see elders... Well, you see right away that Jesus appoints apostles, Mm -hmm. and these men had um, an authority that exceeded that of what Mm -hmm. we would say an elder has, obviously. Um, But then they begin appointing elders. You see it in Acts chapter 14. Yes. Uh, Paul and Barnabas going town to town in these churches that were established Mm -hmm. and actually appointed elders over each church. And in Titus chapter 1, Paul Paul tells Titus, you know, you need to appoint elders in every town. Mm -hmm. That's why I've left you there in Crete. And over all these churches, they needed elders. And the implication is that the churches weren't quite what they needed to be mm-hmm. until those elders were appointed. Mm-hmm. So one of the identifications of a church, a local church, would be that they have elders. Mm-hmm. And then when Paul writes to the Philippians already, uh, he's writing to them, and he, and he writes to all the people in the Philippian church, and then he says, and to the overseers and mm-hmm. deacons, overseers being elders. Yeah, And we haven't talked about that yet, but same thing, overseer, yeah. elder, pastor, these are the same office. So let's talk about that then, because the New Testament, there's at least three different terms that we would say all fit this one office. Right. So you have elder, you have shepherd, overseer, mm-hmm. teacher. Well, teacher would be a little bit different. Shepherd, teacher goes shepherd, together. Shepherd, teacher goes together. Right. Ephesians and, a, and an four. elder has to be able to teach. Right. Right. So basically you have the three main terms that are used here. You have elder, um, overseer, and uh, pastor or shepherd. Yeah. Uh, pastor is a shepherd. That's what the word means. And w- the reason we say this is one office in a local church and not different offices, right. in other words, you know, there are some models like the Episcopal Church, mm. you know, that that is structured uh, Episcopalian. So it comes from the Greek word episkopos, which is used in 1 Timothy 3, you know, if somebody desires the office of a bishop or right. overseer. And so they would say, well, that's an office. Right. And they oversee uh, a large group of churches. Then within the churches, you'll you'll establish some elders, because we see that, but right. those aren't bishops. Right. But what we see is, in the Scripture more clearly, is that these three terms, elder, overseer, or bishop, and, and pastor or shepherd, they're used interchangeably. So in Titus 1, we already mentioned this, but I'll read it. Verse 5, this is why I left you in Crete, so that you might put what remained into order and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. 
And then he gives the list uh, in verse 6 of their qualifications. And then verse 7, he says, For an overseer, as God's steward, must be above reproach. In other words, what's an overseer? If you were to read verse 7 and say, well, what is an overseer? Well, an overseer is an elder from verse 5. So, so an, an elder is an overseer. And then uh, Peter does something similar in 1 Peter chapter 5. Right. And he says, so I exhort, and this is verse 1, I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. And here it is, shepherd the flock of God that is among you. And then he says, exercising oversight, which is the verbal form of overseer. Yeah. So you have all three terms right. used kind of interchangeably. One changed from a, a noun to a, a, a verb, but it's all the same idea. An elder is one who's among these people. He is to be shepherding the as a as a shepherd the flock of God, and he's to be exercising oversight of, as an overseer. It's you know you can't you can't disconnect these things, and there's good reason for that, right? Because right. if you disconnect, say the uh, shepherd teacher from the overseer or uh, any of those things, you could have, say, teaching that is disconnected from pastoring. Well, the teaching is supposed to be inherently pastoring. Right. And just as the pastoring is is affecting the teaching, right? They all work together. And the oversight, the all of that, it all works together. It's a wonderful design. The Lord has created. I think one of the reasons that we need to draw this out so clearly... Uh, one more verse I'll give to you before I say that. Verse 28 of, of chapter 20, Acts 20, Paul calls the elders of Ephesus to come meet with him. And when he gets the elders there, in verse 28, he says, Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock, so now we're thinking of sheep, yep. in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God. In other words, here you have mm-hmm. the three concepts together. Elder is an overseer, mm-hmm. and he's to be shepherding. Yep. Uh, over a flock. So anyway, these terms are used interchangeably, and but the reason this really becomes practical and important is because in some churches there is a confusion between the what a what a pastor is mm-hmm. and what an elder is. Yes, they will say, "Well, we hire this pastor. He comes in, he preaches, he teaches, he does funerals, he does these types of things. He's going to show up to the hospital and all, all this kind of thing." And, and then we have this board of elders, yep. which I hate the word board. And I, I've said that from the time <laughs> I got here. I said, no more boards. Yep. We can be teams, right? but a board is, it communicates something businessy. Um, more managerial, managerial only. Only managerial, right. right. Because there is managing. There's clearly managing, yes. but this is only managerial. And this board of elders is kind of viewed in some churches as the board of elders oversees the pastor. Yeah. There's this conflict between the right. pastor and the elders. That's right. That's inherently built into that system. It happens. Yes. It, it, is, it is something that happens in churches. And the when I got here to Calvary, the Constitution made it seem like that. Hmm. So you would have elders that were chosen from the congregation. You'd have to have, I think it was six of them at the time, and you have elders. And then you have a pastor and assistant pastor over here Hmm. in the Constitution, and there's rules for him. And he was kind of accountable to the board of elders. And, you know, the first thing I did is we were working through our Constitution when I got here. I started teaching 
the same things we're talking about here, saying that's not a biblical view of this. Mm -hmm. That's crept in kind of as a man-made mechanism to keep control because of probably pastors that have gone awry. But this is not the way that the the biblical model is structured. An elder—I remember making a slide of this for the church when Mm -hmm. I got here, and it it just had elder equals pastor equals (laughs) overseer. Yeah. It's one office. Yeah. And they're working together to shepherd the flock. So can we talk a little about, because I think those terms, and maybe we've done this some, but those terms describe the nature of the work. Yes. And I think that's important because that is one thing when we, you know, that that mindset of an elder is separate from a pastor and is a board member, that, that the lay elder in that model doesn't view themselves as a shepherd as much as they do right. simply an overseer. Yes, yes. And it's important to... So let's talk about what 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 is an elder? What is the job? What is a shepherd? What does that look like? What is the oversight that yeah. the elders are supposed to give to the church? Right. I think that the best way to view it is... Um, eldering speaks... It, and this is general, and there may be some overlap yeah. in this, right? Yeah. But it seems to me that elder, the elder, the term elder speaks to the uh, maybe the the spiritual the moral qualifications mm-hmm. of the person mm-hmm. they speak to the wisdom of the person they speak to the spiritual insight of the person uh, they speak to the his standing among the community sure because that's important like right. even in in Israel if we look at the roots of this the history of this idea of an elder these were people who were, already viewed as those who should be respected because of their character, because of their insight, because of their wisdom and judging and making decisions and things and leading. Mm -hmm. And so that speaks to that. What they're doing is they're overseeing Mm -hmm. and they're shepherding. Yeah. And the overseeing has, does have administrative um, managing. It's a, it's important to understand that an overseer in 1 Timothy 3, one of the qualifications is, does he rule his household well? Mm-hmm. You think about that idea of ruling or um, managing his household, because if he doesn't know how to do that, how can he do this in right. the church? So there's a management aspect to it, um, and it's to be an overseer is to be entrusted with something that you're to be overseeing and caring for, right? Mm-hmm. And and you've got to make decisions in that, and you're organizing things. And then the shepherding, mm-hmm. that really speaks to me of the work that the elder does yeah. of caring for and feeding the flock. Right. This is where it becomes important that they have to be able to teach. They don't have to be preachers, and they don't have to be exceptionally gifted teachers, they just have to be able to instruct. Paul told Titus, in sound doctrine, they have to be able to instruct in sound doctrine, and they have to be able to refute those who are not Right. So there's there's an element of, yeah, they don't have to be uh, gifted preachers, and uh, Phil, an elder at our church, would say he's not, and Mark, the candidate, would also say that's not necessarily his gifting, but they can both teach in terms of, here's 
they can open the scriptures. They can tell you what it means. They can apply instruction to life from it. That's what it means to teach. That's right. Well, and the other, and, and then refuting sound doctrine. There is in this element of shepherding a guarding and protecting that the elder does over the sheep that they've been entrusted right, to. Yeah. Right. Paul says that in Acts twenty. Yes. Right. Fierce wolves will come in after me. Right. There's this responsibility to guard the sheep from false teaching. That's right. To protect the truth by teaching the truth, not allowing false doctrine to creep creep yeah. into the church. So it has an implication that the person has biblical knowledge. Yeah. They have a grasp on doctrine. And, it, you know, we shouldn't have to sit in an elders meeting and, you know, explain why, you know, we believe the Bible is the inspired Word of God. Right. You know, th- these are, there are certain the- doctrines that are assumed that we know, fundamentals that we embrace, and we can show from the Scripture um, where we've come to those conclusions so that we can instruct others and so that also we can refute those who are teaching yeah. differently. Always there will come up times where there's doctrines we all got to sit and look at. Like, right. Okay, this guy's coming new to the church, right. and he's saying these things. Wait a minute, I've never really thought much about this or right. whatever. But in the main, these fundamentals. Right. And that's why one of the, the, the things that an elder here at Calvary has to do, he has to... He has to sign off, so to speak, on the doctrinal statement by which he means he should be affirming it. Um, and like with Mark, I gave him my personal doctrinal statement that I created for my own. Uh, um, what did I call ordination, mm-hmm. which doesn't contradict anything in our doctrinal statement, but does explain some things in detail more about what I believe in certain areas. And I said, here's that the, what that the, doc, the church doctrinal statement does not specify. Yeah, yeah, but there has to be this affirmation of those things. You know, one other thing that I just want to add on the shepherd aspect, and this goes back to First Peter five. You know, because the sh- the elder shepherd is an under shepherd of the chief shepherd, who is Jesus Christ. You know, and so that you think about how Jesus is a the good shepherd, and how he is tender and careful towards his flock, and all the things that he does. Right. So the under shepherd is to do the same. You yeah. know, and that's that's even the admonition that that Peter is giving right in First Peter five is you do this until the chief shepherd appears. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So. And this is interesting. This is why to. Let me just throw this in because there's something we should talk about the distinction that, that it's one office, yeah, differing roles and functions. Yeah, that's important. But something you just hit on it's it's the idea like I think that it's important to have a plurality of elders. We mm-hmm. should talk about this. We always see that in <laughs> right. the New Testament. We see immediately elders were appointed in every town, yes. every church. There's plurality. It's so important to see that on a number of levels, right. but even in practical ways like. Each one of us will have different strengths mm-hmm. in certain areas. Everybody isn't going to be strong in every area, and that includes in pastoral care. Yes, there are some. When we let's think about pastoral care in the in this context of like really just caring, mercy, mm. showing mercy to people, or you know, loving on people in a certain way. And some are stronger, perhaps, in that way. Mm-hmm. They have more of a gift of mercy mm-hmm. and, and others in that. Or others have stronger teaching abilities, mm-hmm. and they're really gifted in theology. They're mm-hmm. gifted in preaching and teaching, and mm-hmm. so they're leading the way in that, even among the elders. But the others have to have those gifts. And I guess that leads me into saying um, we have one office, but we need to make sure we, we maintain this idea that there is a different role and function for the elders within the team. Mm-hmm. And I get that from 1 Timothy 5, verse 17, 
It says, let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor. And he's talking about financial remuneration here because he's talking about giving money to the the widows. Mm -hmm. And now he moves into this office of an elder, and he said, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. In other words, there are going to be elders ruling. They all need to be ruling well. They're all worthy of honor. But there are going to be those who are set aside specifically for this work of preaching and teaching. They're going to be the ones who have the gifting for that. In our culture, in our society, the way things are, these are probably men to some degree who have trained for it, mm-hmm. right, through Bible college, seminary. Um, they've been working towards actually being a what we call here a staff mm-hmm. pastor or a staff elder. They're going to be the ones you're mainly going to hear from on a Sunday morning. They're they're going to be known a little more probably among congregation depending on how big just because your congregation. of of time and availability yes. towards those things yeah. and the responsibilities for the church laid on those men is different than what you lay on the mm-hmm. the men who are working jobs right the lay elders right right and yet at the same time they're not different in authority right. or pastoralness. Just yeah. in, it's really the difference is the amount of time that one has to give to, you know, and this is where even in a, in a lay elder situation, you can have lay elders, you know, say it's a, a man who's retired or something like that, who could give more time towards ministering in that way because he's not constrained by a job versus, uh, you know, before, well, you and I were lay elders before we were staff pastors. Uh, our time was limited, you know, as to what it is now. Mm-hmm. in terms of how much we could devote to the work of the ministry. Right. Um, okay, so that's answered a lot of questions. Uh, you brought up the point, one of the things I thought was important to hit on was the plurality of elders. And maybe we can touch on this again. We can, towards the end, maybe talk a little bit about some other views of, of eldering that people might have coming out of it. Let's talk about, how, like, okay, who gives elders to the church? I think this is important. We can see this in Ephesians 4. And, and then how do we select elders? Like, what qualifications? And then how do we select elders at Calvary? So, first of all, though, I think this is important. Ephesians 4, how do we—who who gives elders to the Church? Well, we believe that Jesus, yes. who Peter refers to as the senior pastor of the Church, the <laughs> chief shepherd, right. we being under shepherds, right. uh, Jesus gifts his Church with men who, uh, as he puts it here— um, he who descended, Ephesians 4, verse 10, he who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. Talking about Jesus. Talking about Jesus. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and then we have here the shepherds and teachers, or probably more specifically shepherd teachers, okay? So pastor teachers. And in this context, he's really talking about that, equipping the saints for the work of ministry. We talked about that, building up the body of Christ, but also uh, transferring sound doctrine mm-hmm. that will lead to maturity right. of the body. Right. So so the office of elder and the men who hold that mm-hmm. is a gift that Jesus gives to his church. And by that, Paul's speaking to a local church, so we're mm-hmm. saying to local churches, Jesus gives these men with yeah, these giftings. Sure. I think, and I think that it's, you know, obviously these men should have a spiritual gifting for what they're doing to one, you know, one degree or, or another, and that the Spirit's validating their ministry. 
As a matter of fact, Paul in Acts 20, again, when talking to those elders, he says, you know, be careful to care for the church of God, which he purchased uh, with his own blood. And he says, over which the Holy Spirit has made you an overseer. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. That's an important sentence, over which the Holy Spirit has made you an overseer. In other words, there's a spiritual gifting um that we uh, that someone receives the congregation should recognize it yes and this will lead into how we choose yep. them here yep uh the qualifications are given in first Timothy 3 and in Titus 1 correct of right. uh, the, and you were talking about that earlier in terms of the 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 personal qualifications mm-hmm. the the character mm-hmm. wisdom maturity right and that's where it, it isn't limited to just age you know, uh, because Paul writes to Timothy, let no one despise you for your youth, right? There is, but there's character and issues like that that are preeminent mm-hmm. in fulfilling this office. Right. So, okay, then let's get practically in our church. How do we select elders? Right. So I'll give you the history of the way it was when I got here. Okay. This is not an uncommon. Right. History, and this isn't a knock on anybody. This is just what what was in structure for a uh, place for many years when I got here. Where what would happen is every year, probably around December ish. I don't remember exactly time for. I just know it was before the the every January we would have a annual business church business meeting, and it was before that meeting, and they would put out a ballot box, and you would fill out a ballot of what was called uh, the nomination process. So if you thought of somebody you thought should be an elder, put it down on that paper, you put it in there, and um, they'd look at that. The elders would look at those, say, yeah, okay, we'll put these people out. And then there'd be a vote within a few weeks later mm-hmm. of these names and you know whoever gets it, gets it. And um, I think that is a is less than ideal way of doing it and will actually end up probably with, with elders maybe in time and over times that you wish weren't on the team that really there wasn't enough of a process involved in choosing elders. Well, in, in that model, any man who is a member potentially could be an elder. Yes. So one, they may not meet the spiritual qualifications found, may not have the ability to teach. And then, and on top of that too, uh, is that was there also a designated number that they were supposed to be? There was. Right. It was six. Yeah, that's really like your. And if we go back to Ephesians four, who gives elders? Well, Jesus may not choose to give the church that's six right. elders. Yeah. He hasn't chosen to give our church six elders right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And, and I'm sure. I'm sure that the intention. Yes, the intention was good. Was that they would, when they saw these names, look yeah. at the qualifications, examine sure. the person, and do different things. I'm just saying that it was in such a short time period. You're talking yeah. a matter of maybe a month. I don't remember. Again, yeah. I don't remember exactly how long. I know it was the end of year right. and then right at the beginning of year right. you're choosing. And um, it, it's putting it all of the choosing of elders at a certain time period. Uh, there was the three-year period put on their term. Mm-hmm. It, it just... Things that I don't necessarily it, see scripturally. In many ways, many American churches function elders like political offices. It seems that way, right? And right. and I'm I'm speaking broadly because yeah. it's oftentimes popularity. Right. <laughs> you're putting up people for nomination. They have terms, right? You know, and then you're almost like, you know, it's almost like the pastor is the president 
the elders are right. the the elected representatives, right. and your job is to veto or to you know pass bills to get the pres- you know and and now you know that creates problems. It creates I, problems. I don't know that that was what they're what the thinking was here. They, that's probably right. among the Bible church. I'm saying in churches broadly, yeah. that's the way they function. So what we do is we've decided that um, first of all, we never set a number for the amount of elders we don't. Right. We don't set a time of like. This time of year, every every year, we're going to see who Jesus appoints to the elder and his people, right? <laughs> or who the Holy Spirit appoints. It's always, we're always wondering. We're always yeah. praying. We're, we're always looking. looking. Yeah. And more than that, and um, depending on the context of the church, you should hope for men who have the desire. It's made known anyway, because Tim, 1 Timothy 3, he's got to desire this office. Yeah. And you're actually preparing men for this and that, ideally. Yes. And I recognize that even in our church has been at times a struggle finding men who actually would like to be, as compared to the church I came out of, as an example. Mm-hmm. We had a leadership team filled with like probably at times, what, three, four of us guys mm-hmm. that were hungry to be. You wanted to be trained for this. We kind wanted of pastors. Yeah. This is what we wanted. We've signed on for this, you mm-hmm. know. And, um, but our context is a little different, mm-hmm. different demographic in our congregation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh, age range and different things. So I get it. But like, um, that's ideally that we're finding men you can pass this on to, but we're waiting, we're looking around and really what we're looking for. And we, we love the church's input. There's, it's not just because we don't have a nomination box that you put a ballot in. Mm-hmm. We want you to come and say, have you, have you noticed so-and-so? Mm-hmm. But here's the thing what you should be noticing. If they're going to be an elder, and I would say this is the same as a deacon, they should be already eldering. Right. They shouldn't need a title to be, to be shepherding people. Right. It's like you're going to see the Spirit's gifting on them because they're others-oriented. They want ministry opportunities to people. They're maybe maybe they've taken a cup somebody under their wing and they're counseling them. Maybe they're they're discipling people. Maybe they've already taught in certain situations. You're like, wow, okay, you know, mm-hmm. but you know, whatever it is, there's a genuine first of all shepherding care for people that you're already seeing. Yes, and a doctrinal soundness that you're already seeing. A wisdom. So, yeah, so that it should be very natural mm-hmm. to just say. Hey, the Holy Spirit's already sort of mm-hmm. made this person an overseer. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and make it official from the church. Mm-hmm. Let's affirm this. Right. So that's really what we're looking for. We're not if if somebody's recommended, it shouldn't be like I shouldn't be like, huh? Yeah, you know they they come most of the time, or <laughs> uh, you know I you know I think I see them talking to people once in a while or whatever. Right. It shouldn't be that way. Right. It should be they're already eldering. Right. Or they need. Maybe it's new on their heart, like, I, I think this might be for me. Okay, well, let's take you in, and let's show you what eldering pastoring mm-hmm. is. Let me give you some things to read. Mm-hmm. Let's meet on a regular basis. Let's work through this. Let's give you some opportunities. We can develop this, maybe. Yes. But not just because you're a great guy that people like and right. you know, you're know you successful in the world's eyes or whatever. So we're, we're looking for people whom the Holy Spirit has clearly set apart as this person could be my leader. Mm-hmm. And I'm to be honest, when I look at Mark, I'm like, this guy could be my pastor. Mm-hmm. I'd go to him for counsel. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is this is like that's what we're seeing. We've right. seen it. I think we affirm it. And we're hope we know our congregation right. does, or the people that know him. Because you see, like in the New Testament, it is other elders <laughs> that are appointing out el- like 
Paul, yes. right? Paul's appointing, and then he's telling to Titus and Timothy, like, this is your job, right. is to raise up, to identify these men, right. and to to help place them in this. And then the church does affirm that, right? That's why we have this time period where we make known, like, hey, this man is a candidate f- to be an elder, and we want the church to affirm that. Yeah. And so that's where we do. We hear from people saying, like, I agree. I see that those qualities are there, Yes, you know? Um, and, and that's in that way it is the the church is recognizing that yep. just as the other elders are and we're all working together to affirm there is this gifting and calling on this man's life yeah and he should he should love the church you know yeah. and he should he should want he should agree with the philosophies of our church the directions of mm-hmm. it i mean in the main mm-hmm. i'm saying like you if if it's a person that is just frustrated with everything going on at the church and they're like how can i fix this mm-hmm oh, I want to be an elder. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's not a good idea, mm-hmm. you know? And um, all that's going to create is chaos and different yep. things. You want people that are, they want to shepherd, and they yep. want to shepherd here. Yep. And and with that, too, the other, the the desire, and then in the, uh, the ability in terms of some time, mm-hmm. right? Because we're, you know, we're not asking just for, like, a meeting once a month. Right. You know, like two hours. That's not. It's it's that there is some ability to invest in the church and invest in people and things like that. That's what we're talking about when we're talking about eldering. Yeah, and so we put them forward to the con- so we've met with him. So getting back to the um, our current situation. Yeah, we 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 identify a person. We meet with them as elders. In this situation, I met with Mark a couple more times. We talked about some things specifically. Heard his heart. Heard his desire heard his history, those things. And then we say, okay, let's go forward with this. He fills out like a questionnaire that we have. And then what he does is um, we announce it to the congregation. He's in the process to become an elder. Mm -hmm. Um, And we want y'all to know about it. We want you to talk to him, ask him questions. I saw somebody that evening that I announced that Sunday night talking to him and asking him questions about mm-hmm. things. And I kind of didn't eavesdrop, but I could hear some of the things they were asking. And just, I think it was theological in nature. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what I want to, you know, that's great. And and um, because in the end, when, what we'll do is he's going to get in front of our congregation. He's going to share his testimony. Maybe we'll ask him some questions, some other things with people there. And then eventually we'll ask the church to give us what we call a vote of affirmation. The polity of our church is that the elders who are in place make all final decisions for the church. But what we have also is what we call a vote of affirmation, where we will put out to the congregation, this is what we think we should do, this is what we think the Lord is leading us to do, in this instance, appoint Mark to be an elder. And we want to know that you affirm this. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes that's on a hard ballot, or however we want to do it, you know, you hand those out or you do whatever, and then we look at those later, and they've got to say, they should say something if it's a, no right. way, you know, yeah. not just no. These are my concerns. But what? you should have actually talked to us and right. not know on about, like, right. we should already know what your concerns were before. Right. We're inviting people through this whole process. Come to us and talk to us if you know of something we don't, or if there's an issue, or you've got questions or concerns. Keeping this communication open so that in the end, when we appoint him, it's affirmed by the congregation which helps the man, which helps us, which helps the congregation, and it's affirmed by the elders. It's a joyous thing. We got another elder. Right. We want that, right? Because there's only there's three of us now, mm-hmm. and 
four is better than three, in mm-hmm. my opinion, mm-hmm. especially when there's only one lay elder. Mm-hmm. And having two lay elders, two staff elders for right now in our church, and if the Lord brings someone else, hey, yep. uh, great. But this is this should be a happy thing for right. our congregation. You know, and the other thing I think to bring out with this whole thing is the time aspect, because like we're not in a rush to do to find a fifth elder. Right. <laughs> you know, we weren't really in a rush to find a fourth, and in terms of emergent, because we recognize, hey, this is something that that the Spirit gifts people with. Jesus gives this gift to His church, so we're going to pray and work towards that end. Trust Him in His timing to work, and even the conversation. I don't know how many been a couple months that we've had these conversations mm-hmm. with Mark going before we've even presented it to the church, and before yeah. that, praying about it. So, I mean, this has been a long time in the works. Um, that's just the nature of it. Like, we want to be slow and deliberate yes. that's right. and thorough in, in this process, and uh, we trust the Lord blesses that. Yeah. Uh, anything else on this? I don't think so. Oh, think... Maybe I'll add one thought, though, because you brought up earlier, like, the idea of, like, what about people that desire to this, but maybe they're not quite there yet? Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe a word to like, you're a younger man or an older man. You can be an older man, sure. Yeah, that's I'm younger or yeah. older man, right? Who is like maybe, but I'm not there. Yeah. I think the thing. Come and tell us that. I would like that. Yeah, because actually, what we can do is, even if you're just like, well, I thought about it, you mm-hmm. know, but I'm not quite sure or whatever. Right. We get together. And we talk on a number of occasions yes. about what it is, what it looks like here let's, biblically. Let's start like a leadership thing, like yep. with you, right? Where we're, right. you're being trained and and equipped yes. to step into this role. Someday. It could be yep. five years down the road, right? You know, but you're growing in that process. And you know what that does? That actually that actually demonstrates a necessary humility for yeah. the office anyway. Yeah. Because, um, and this is one of the reasons why I say the qualifications in Titus 1 and 1 Timothy 3 are not exclusive. Mm-hmm. There are many more. Mm-hmm. Humility would be one of them, yeah. right? It And it's like um, that humble mind that would say, I'm going to humble myself here, go talk to them and work through this process or, uh, you know, take a risk on the fact that maybe I wouldn't be considered in the end or whatever. But, you know, um, it's a good thing if the Lord has laid on somebody's heart, like, I would like to shepherd the people of God to whatever capacity I can. If I'm a lay elder with the time I can or whatever, I want to shepherd them. And Paul says that's a good thing, so let's let's talk about it. That's that's a great idea. So it's always going on. Don't wait for some formal announcement. We're always keeping our eyes out for... Mm -hmm. um, potential leaders in the congregation. Very good. That's a good place to land the proverbial plane. Well, we hope the conversation has been helpful, especially to those at Calvary Bible Church here in Grand Junction as they think about the office of elder, pastor, shepherd, overseer, and especially at this time where we're, uh, 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 we have Mark as a candidate for elder. We hope this helps you think through uh, the role in the office biblically. We love to hear from our listeners, so you can contact us a number of ways. If you're part of our church, you can just come up and talk to us. You have our phone numbers. You can give us a call, send us a text, an email. Outside the church, send us an email at thecalvarycast at gmail.com. We love to hear from our listeners to get feedback on the podcast or suggestions uh, to, for topics to discuss. You can follow us online, the social media platforms, Instagram and Twitter or X. Follow us at the Calvary Cast is our handle. At Calvary, we exist for the glory of God, the good of his people, and the Great Commission. So until next time.